Dance, and especially ballet, can sometimes seem remote from people's lives. How do you bolt it into the heart of a community? I'm about to speak to Victoria Trevino, a Royal Academy of Dance teacher in Mexico who started holding classes in her living room and has gone on to make a difference in the lives of countless young people. I'm David Jays, and you're listening to Why Dance Matters, the Royal Academy of Dance podcast about the way dance can have an impact far beyond pirouettes and plies. Victoria is an RAD teacher who started holding classes at home in Mexico City as a temporary measure, only to find she had a vocation to make a meaningful difference in lives that weren't always valued. In Victoria's community, education is under pressure and violence, crime and poverty are all around. Her response was to create Ballet Joven, a charity that embraces young dancers, gives them opportunities and nurtures their aspirations. Some of her students are already making a noise in the dance world, even reaching the finals of the RAD's prestigious international ballet competition. But more importantly, she's given young people a focus and a sense of worth that's more valuable than any medal. I can't wait to hear how she does it. Victoria, thank you so much for joining us on Why Dance Matters. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure. Before we get into the dance stuff, for those of us who aren't lucky enough to know Mexico City and uh, Coyoacan, which I think is the district where you're based, paint us a picture. Yes. What, what would we see if we walked outside your local area? Coyoacán is a bohemian neighborhood of Mexico City. It's located at the south of Mexico City and it's very well known because it was one of the first areas that was populated after the conquest of Tenochtitlan, which is the original name of Mexico City. And Coyoacán means at the land of the coyotes. It's like a little old town that was engulfed in, in the big city. It still has the cobble streets. Lots of painters and writers and artists chose Coyoacán as their base, like Frida Kahlo, the famous painter. And it's really funny for the RAD because the first RAD ballet school was founded here, just around the corner on the street of Francisco Sosa. And that has, that's a wonderful story. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Yes. This is where the first RAD examinations took place and the first syllabus was presented to Mexico. That's really lovely and how brilliant that we've come full circle today and talking to you now. <laughs> so was ballet always a part of your life? This is really funny because I was into the scouts and I was into excursion and outing and and right. um, I never thought ballet would fit in. I remember my mom used to tell me that uh, when I was about five, they um, opened some classes around the house and I was crying. I hated it. I cried. I never wanted to be in there. I pushed. I didn't want to be there. So, oh, Victoria. Um, but then when I lived in Cuernavaca, which is a city about an hour and a half from here with grandma, my grandma 
asked me if I would like to try ballet. She thought it was a wonderful subject and it was going to give me so much just for her. I said, okay, Graham, I'm going to try it. But I'm, I wasn't very convinced because my idea was being in huaraches, which is sandals, and running around outside. And sure. I even like short hair. I hated dresses. Everything for me was like, I was very rebel. <laughs> right. But for grandma, I did. And I went there and I really didn't like it. It was a lot of structure and I was very free at that time. And my teacher, Miss Patricia Palman, she was old school, Russian style, very firm. And I wasn't accustomed to that. I was having some issues with my behavior and mom and dad were very worried. But sweet grandma said, oh, ballet will do the trick. <laughs> and oh my goodness, it's, I had to put my hair in a bun, which was for me unthinkable because I was in shorts and sandals and running and getting into the swimming pool and running around. And so that was very difficult for me. What was the thing that made the difference then? When did you stop crying and rebelling <laughs> you know what? and actually start I, enjoying it? I don't know exactly the date. I, don't, I just remember the feeling. And my feeling was, I am not going to cry anymore. I'm not going to let this win over me. That's incredible. That's but the only so, thing I do remember. And so today, if you see a child or a young person in your class who maybe reminds you of your wild child self, not sure that ballet is for them, that this is where they should be. How do you reach out to them? I trick them. I trick them <laughs> into it. I do not present any structure whatsoever at the beginning. I make them dream. First of all, I make them fall in love and be curious about it. My journey is completely different to anybody else's journey. And I know for sure the benefits of ballet and dance. So I can't let anybody go. I have to you look at this. This is going to be a wonderful journey. I don't know where it's going to take you. I don't know how long you will be joining us, but I'm going to make sure that you come out of it saying, wow, I, I really like this. I never use the word discipline at all. Right. right. Never. I, I really do not like it. I like structure. Because first is step A and then it's step B and we're going to laugh and we're going to enjoy it and we're going to respect you. I use a lot of slang in my class, what young people use. They, they think, oh, Miss Victoria, who is this woman? But, um, <laughs> but they like it and I can see it in their eyes. And once they're hooked, okay, that's it. Okay, well, let's get started. <laughs> and um, I love that, that ethos of starting with the dream rather than with the rules is, yes. is beautiful. I think that's such a beautiful way to teach anything, really. Yes, absolutely. Moving forward a bit, you qualified as an RAD teacher and I think you were teaching at a local dance school and when they needed a temporary base, you suggested your home. Did that seem like a big decision at the time? No. Unfortunately, this school was kicked out of the place where they were renting. And I saw these kids re ready for their class. And imagine what they feel when they're at four o'clock, ready for the class. And mom and dad is, is, are there. And all of a sudden... We're in the street. And my house was about four blocks away. We were still 
refurbishing the house, but the the living room was free. So I said, look, we my house is about 15 minutes away. Let's just walk. It's about four blocks away. Let's come all together and let's do our ballet class. And I find myself with a few kids and the parents said, we trust you. You're the one that, that's giving the class. Let, let's just keep on going. Wow. And that's the way it started. When did you realise that there was something special about the classes you were running and that there was more that you felt you could do? David, I really don't know. I really don't know. I just, I, I remember a very special moment when all of a sudden I look at my class and I can see more boys and girls. That's when I said, oh. Now, that is unusual that <laughs> for is any ballet teacher. <laughs> I see three girls and I see four boys and I can see their faces because I'm always looking at their eyes and I can see that they were really believing me. Whatever I was saying, they were like, yes, miss. And I can see them trying. And I said, oh, my goodness, now I have these guys and I'm really responsible for what they are going to be living through, what they are thinking right now. This yeah. is no joke anymore because these kids trust me and these kids believe that ballet is what they want to do. Each day I'm teaching a class, it runs through my mind. Now that years have passed by, this is the most amazing thing, and it, it, it does happen. Before, it was looking forward to an exam. On Friday, we graduated Alan Oliva from his advance too. Now is, where are they going to dance? It's evolved. It's, of course, we still have groups. We've created a generation of boys. The 29th of April was International Ballet Day, and yes. we did a live on Facebook and Instagram with the five boys that grew up here. And I can see that. And it was such an epiphany because I see Oliver that now is dancing in the National Ballet Company, Alan that's dancing in the company of Estado de Mexico, a provincial company, and Alan, who is a few days from graduating, Kike, who is working, is graduating from the National, and Sebastian. And those five kids started here in my living room. As we mentioned, it's something for a lot of ballet schools, reaching the boys, keeping the boys interested in ballet, making them feel good about it rather than worried or ashamed or confused or any of those things. It's really difficult. So how did you manage it, Victoria? What is your secret? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I was invited to teach a class of expresión corporal that's translated as corporal expression. That means body expression. So I was invited and I said, well, I'm not doing very much. Of course, I'll do it. No worries. And they throw me in a room, a classroom. There were 27, I remember. There were too many in, in, a, in a little room. And I said, okay, I can't teach ballet. But I said, I'm going to trick them into movement and rhythm. So there was a subject still back there in 2009, uh, rhythm and character steps of grade four of the old syllabus. And the syncopation. So I said, okay, we made a little, I put uh, music that they relate to. And we started a little warm up and stuff like that. So we started with claps and then starting the, the grateful syncopation step. I remember, I'm never going to forget that. And they went to it. They went for it. And then I said, I don't know if there's any good turners. So I tried a, a little turner. Very simple. Uh, can you yeah. do that? I touched their little ego. And they said, of course, 
Oh, hell, we, of course we can do it, miss. <laughs> and then I said, I need some boys to turn the girls. Maybe you can get on a knee and just give it a little turn around. And then we go back into the rap step. And all of a sudden, they were really, I said, okay, let's do it in groups. They didn't think they were doing ballet. At the end of the class, I said, guess what, guys? I'm a ballet teacher. And what you were doing is called tournée. And this is called a promenade. And this is syncopation steps. And they were like, oh, no, miss, are you kidding? <laughs> yes, this was ballet. We continued the classes, and I had a little show, a little performance for the parents after the horrible experience in March where they had been left with no school. So this was June. Two months later, every single boy of that class presented themselves. Not the girls. Amazing. It was Amazing. the boys. So summertime <laughs> arrives, and I said, I'm going to give a summer course. And I'm going to give everything. I'm going to, we're going to have cooking classes. I had a big house with no furniture. And I said, we're going to give cooking classes and we're going to give ballet classes and we're going to watch movies. So the boy said, oh, mister, can we go? Absolutely. You have to take the ballet class. <laughs> well, what you, yeah, just take off your shoes. And they went in and they went through it. Five boys decided to go into the living room and be on the bar and do it. So did you get a sense quite quickly that um, the school and Ballet Choven were becoming part of the community, that it wasn't just this odd separate little activity happening somewhere else, that it was really connecting to people's lives and, and to the community as a whole? Yes and no. The wonderful things, the magic happened inside the house. Just outside the house is where the thunder right. started. There is music syllabus music. I used lots of alternative music from salsa to cumbia to merengue to reggaeton, rap. Unfortunately, our neighbor was not very happy. Basically, the area that I'm living in Coyoacán is not only historical, it's also residential. A very The surrounding houses are like, yes, I could say posh, and it's a residential area. It's not a commercial area. We first got the visit of Invea, and that's a government, like, they go checking, interviewing. What's going on here? We can hear that there's complaints about music oh, happening right. every afternoon. We can see a lot of kids. The first time I approached them directly, I said, yes, I'm a ballet teacher. I'm teaching in my home. Is this wrong? And they said, guess what? Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. And I was like, oh. So I went to court, and they explained to me. This is not allowed. It's only to be used for residential purposes. And I said, no, I'm going to fight. <laughs> Where am I going to go? I didn't have the funds to rent another place. And they were asking me to leave, to say, stop any activity that does not relate to bringing up your family. I, could, I can understand that. Okay, I can understand. But what do I do when I have already 30 kids? I cannot just say, thank you, goodbye. We put curtains and we put sheets that will avoid sound bouncing. But still, we had someone who was chasing us. So I tried to speak. We sent flowers. We sent fruit cakes. We sent everything we could to win her heart. Apparently, our neighbor could not do anything. So she called upon another government institution. She filmed us. 
she filmed through the window. And the final blow was a government institute that checks on sound. Maybe you have a neighbor that's having parties at three o'clock in the morning. You call that institution. But by then I was, it had been eight years of fighting. I knew what to say. And they wanted me to sign accepting filming. And they were filming my house with no authorization. And I shouted at them and I said, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm doing something for Mexico and I'm going to keep on fighting. That's enough. And these kids, I was just about to graduate one of my kids. And I said, we are graduating a boy into ballet. I don't know what you were doing at 16. I hope you had someone to support you just the way. Oh, I'm beginning to get Oh, I remember that. And uh, I left saying, I don't care. So in comes the closure of my house. And if I didn't stop activity, I was going to go to jail. And I have the paper there. And I said, I'm going to go to jail for teaching kids in my home. Yeah. And finally, again, Invea returned. And I said, you want to take me to jail? Let's go. Let's do it. But by the way, I've just returned from the Gene. And I have two more kids that are going for the Gene. I'm graduating so many kids and will perform outside of jail for years. Trust me. And I, they were like, Miss Victoria, you're, you know, you're crazy. We absolutely, <laughs> we haven't seen a thing here. Let's close this. And so fortunately, life was very wonderful. And we found a studio that was very affordable. It's, it's a bit far away, but it's very affordable. And we found a home finally after 10 years. And we dismantled the studio. We said goodbye to our studio. I don't know. It was a blessing in disguise, I think. It was a fight. I see once in a while our dear neighbor, but but there's no no harm because we're doing so good. It gave us wonderful memories. Maybe this also taught the kids, you want something, you have to fight for it. It's not going to come easy. And maybe that was the biggest lesson. Your students have competed at the RAD's International Ballet Competition. Used to be called the Gene, now it's called the Fontaine. Seeing your students take their place alongside other hugely talented dancers from around the world, you must have felt proud at that moment. 2020, five qualified. Wow. And I was like, what? (laughs) And we called it, it was a season of five for the Fontaine. We were... You have no idea. I was like, this is not happening. What is this? And we barely made it because, unfortunately, kids arrive to me, not very young. They arrive 14, 15, sometimes 16. And that's late for ballet. Very late. We had managed to qualify five. I said, this is the most amazing gift of life that this is it. I mean, we're, we're doing it. COVID arrived, unfortunately. We have, I said, okay, this is the way it goes. Never mind. Let's keep on going. Yeah. But we are having such a wonderful journey of pride. And I said, guys, this is Mexico. We just need to be willing to go through it. Look at this. And we have people already getting ready for the next one. We have already like three sets of generations wow. getting ready. I see them and I said, I can't believe it, David. Seriously, I cannot believe it. And today I'm the proudest. I said, there has to be divine justice. (laughs) 
because this kid is the most amazing ballet body with a crushed heart. And how do you fix that? And we got her out of there. But no, it wasn't only me. Eh? No, it wasn't me. I think it's the team. It's the ambience. It's the house. It's, okay, we have nothing. I could see they had nothing to eat. I could tell. And uh, right. by the way, guys, uh, does anybody fancy in frijoladas? My kids don't like in frijoladas. Anybody fancies in frijoladas? It's a very simple dish that's made with beans and tortillas and a little bit of cheese. Of course, I knew they hadn't eaten that day because you can tell. And I see that they came walking all sweaty. And I said, what happened? Well, I walked from home because there was no buses. I know there was buses. Can anybody help me do the gardening? They want to win, I don't know, 80 pesos? Oh, yes, let's go for it. I'll do it, miss. I play fool. Of course, now they tell me, oh, miss, we knew you, were, you weren't playing fool. Shame sparks a lot of fears. And they don't want to feel ashamed. Especially because ballet is considered a, a subject for people who have access to funds. Schools that charge a certain amount, X amount of money, is perfectly valid. I'm not saying they're wrong. No. But I do it this way because I cannot stand seeing a kid that doesn't have any ballet shoes. I, I cannot do it. But I will make them work for it. I won't just give them to them. I'll say, oh, I need some help. And then there's a few ballet shoes there. Oh, I'll take them. Family members, friends, they said, Victoria, you are giving away a lot. But I said, wait, just give me a chance. This is investment. This is investment. Until the jeunesse started. And I said, you remember this kid? Now we're in Toronto. Oh, now fight for the Fontaine. Oh, one day someone is going to provide something for Mexico because they're not representing me. They're representing Mexico. Yeah. And that for me is amazingly honorable and being honorable uh, yes i might not have a car okay i might not have fancy shoes but i have dancers and i have kids who have changed their life and that's ah oh, david that's i cannot tell you how important that is Victoria, you must have learned so much through everything you've achieved and everything you've done. And I'm wondering, what have you learned about yourself that has surprised you? Passion is something that you build. People don't get passion for something on the first day. They get passion right. when they get very tired. They develop passion when they are sick and tired of problems. They, they sometimes say, oh, you're very passionate about your work. Yes, maybe just because I had to really fight for it because I found myself with no money because I found myself with government trying to take away my house because I found myself with subject to going to jail. For what? For teaching. So now I know what patience is. Now I know what passion really is. And also, I'm still daunted about the result. I'm like, what? Oh my goodness, now it's going to get worse. Now yeah. I have so many kids, girls and boys who have graduated, who have a wonderful chance to dance. Because you've got to dance. The stage is the most amazing place to be. It's truth. It's where really truth 
arrives. And sometimes yeah. truth can be hard. Sometimes truth can be magical. Sometimes truth is, oh my goodness, I failed this turn. Private sector needs to be developed. And now it's happening, David. What used to start with a school now is beginning to merge and to provide the space to have a company. It's That's daunting. I'm, I'm telling you, yeah. it's daunting. But everybody, I can see the faces of these kids and they're so excited. I call them kids. They're 20 now, but I still call them kids. <laughs> They'll and always be kids to you. <laughs> they are willing. And they, when we do performances, it's, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. And thinking that four years ago, these kids were doing nothing. Yeah. Victoria, we are on opposite sides of the world, but I think I can almost feel your dedication and that passion you're you're talking about. It's almost real in the room. I have one <laughs> final question. Sure. Um, and I and I think you've answered it in some ways, but I'm just gonna ask it directly, which is Victoria, why does dance matter to you? Dance is such a a blessed and magical subject that not only educates, and it doesn't just educate a body, it will educate cognitively many people, not only the dancer. It will cognitively change the point of view of parents, the point of view of friends, the point of view of a community. Emotionally, it changes people. It develops human beings in a way that, first of all, they become honorable. And on a, being honorable with a subject is being absolutely truthful. Yes, I have this type of body and this is my foot. I don't have a, a perfect foot, but I'm going to honor it and I'm going to work with it. This is my type of torso. I'm going to honor it. This is the music I was given. I'm going to honor it. This is the syllabus I was given. And this is the grade I was given. Because this is something I, I always teach my, my kids. Treat success and failure as a, a pair of imposters. They will never tell you the truth. Be honorable with yourself. Maybe you got distinction. Bravo. Okay, I got pass plus and I have my pass plus here in my office. Look at that. Be honorable. You love the subject. Honor it. And I, that's why dance matters. It's a subject that will provide not only ballet dancers, it will provide to the community public for ballet. It will provide people in love with arts. It will provide parents super proud that their boy and their girl are dedicated to ballet. It will provide friends that will be proud, that will support. It will provide families that go looking forward to help the school. It will organize a series of events that will change people's lives from an exam, from a performance, from a charity event. It will unite not only the people who are doing it physically, but also it will unite the community that will support and that will feel blessed to be surrounded by music, by movement. It moves. It moves people whether they like it or not. Some of them don't, don't really believe in the subject until they see the results and they say, Ay, Victoria, ay, 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 you are some crazy woman. I said, no, it's just because I see the results. I can see, I see them every day at the bar. 
And I see them outside of the studio waiting. And I see the people that never saw ballet and all of a sudden see a rehearsal and they smile. So it's the first people, the second person and the third person that's involved in dance that will have amazing benefits. And they will develop the most, they will become in love with the subject. It's a subject that's very generous. Dance matters, oh yes, it so matters. It so matters for the dancer and for every person that will come across him. It will, and it will change. Victoria's is an amazing story about a passion that almost came upon her unawares and now enthuses and inspires so many people. Teachers can light that spark and I'd love to hear about your own inspirational teachers. Let me know at Mr David Jays on Twitter. The RAD is at RAD headquarters. Our show notes include links to the RAD's work and more about Victoria and Ballet Joven. And please do subscribe and like the podcast so that we can find other people who might enjoy Why Dance Matters. Our guest today was Victoria Trevino. Why Dance Matters is made by the RAD team of Hayley Izzard, Celia Moran and Melanie Murphy. Our artwork is by Bex Blendinning and the guardian of our community spirit is our producer, Sarah Miles. I'm David Jays. Take care and see you soon.